Have you ever had a question and wanted to know clearly what the Bible has to say about it? Well, in this podcast, Bible Answers for Today's Christians, we will learn together what God's Word really says. Hello and welcome to our very first podcast of Bible Answers for Today's Christians. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you for being here tonight. Um, It kind of brought to my mind on, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I I brought it up to Pastor about um, maybe doing something kind of like this on getting answers and diving into the Bible and seeing what the Bible has to say about certain topics. And of course, he was right for it, all for it. And uh, everything just kind of worked out in the right timing and and, kind of got here tonight and just excited to get this going. Um, And hopefully it'll be an encouragement to each one of us, but not to us only, but to others who will also listen to this podcast. Well, my name is Brett. Um, I'm the host of this podcast. Uh, Just to give you a little uh, testimony about my life, I got saved at the age of 13. Um, Pastor uh, Ivan Castile was my pastor at the time at Beth Haven Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember um, just like it was yesterday, we were, um, it was a week of vacation Bible school and it was on a Wednesday night. And before vacation Bible school started, uh, I was got, I, I was called to the pastor's office. And of course, when you get called to the pastor's office, it's it's almost never a good, a never good time. But uh, this time it was, a, it was actually a good time. And um, brother Castile and I got to sit down and we got to talk about a few different things. And he brought up the most important question of my life, and that was, if I were to die tonight, would I go to heaven? And I knew I wouldn't, but I knew I didn't want to go to hell. And every time Amen. hell got preached on and uh, and everything like that, I, I just and my heart would start racing and my you know every, at every time of invitation, I'd hold on to that pew. You know, you, you'd hear the illustration of holding on to the pew so tight that you'd see your white knuckles. And uh, Brother Castile opened up the Word of God and showed me so clearly on how to accept Christ as my personal Savior. And I remember that night uh, when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, the weight that was lifted off of my shoulders. You know, you hear from many people, you know, the the weight that was lifted off, and it just felt like uh, 100 pounds was just lifted off of my shoulders. And um, ever since then, uh, it's just been a journey along the way. God has been faithful. God has been good. Um, and that's uh, that, that's my testimony. My name is Brandon Brocke. I was born in Louisiana. And I transplanted here in 04. Um, I grew up uh, in Louisiana, Louisiana being a Catholic, which most people are born a Catholic, die a Catholic. And uh, so we were involved in church somewhat, me and my sister, my mom and dad weren't uh, involved much, but we would go to catechism, which was kind of a Sunday school, but it was on a weeknight. And uh, I remember uh, a man, a friend of my dad's, they used to work together. Um, he came to my, my our house and uh, was talking spiritual things with my dad. And uh, uh, he came one night and then uh, came back the next night. And I, both nights, uh, was someone interested in what they were saying, so I would go uh, from watching TV to listen to what they had to say. And right before the end of the night, uh, the second night, he turned to me and asked me, uh, son, well, do you know uh, where are you going to go when you die? And I had no clue. The Catholic Church never taught me anything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he uh, he said, well, let me sh- show you what the Bible says. So we opened up his Bible. Mm-hmm. I remember him reading scriptures to me. And I remember the place. It was uh, at the counter of uh, my house in Louisiana. And uh, and got to the point, and uh, he said, well, do you want to accept Jesus Christ, your Savior? And I, I, I did. No one ever told me that, and I, I wanted what he was telling me about. So I remember I prayed that prayer, and when I did, me also, I remember there was a, a weight lifted. It, it literally felt like a burden was lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Lord changed my life then. I remember that, a, a, a drastic change. I, I got my uh, a Bible and started reading it every day. And then uh, I remember uh, there was a Wednesday night after school, uh, 12 years old, that uh, um, I was getting ready for church. And my mom asked me, she says, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to church. She said, oh, okay, well, I guess we're going to church too. And I kind of dragged my family along, made them uh, get involved in the church. But we, uh, as a family, became a very faithful church. And uh, that's the beginning of my testimony. I'm going to mention a little bit more about my testimony later in the podcast. Awesome. Well, uh, my name is Titus Larson. Um, My testimony is, um, of course, uh, people know I grew up in a a Christian home, a Christian family, and I had that privilege of 
growing up in that Christian home, as uh, many people don't get that privilege to, but uh, I was blessed, and uh, God put me in that family, and I grew up uh, in church, grew up uh, knowing, you know, uh, learning the Bible, learn, you know, going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, just uh, every 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 day, you know, living for God, doing what's right, you know, my parents were uh, good godly people, and, um, you know, raised me right, um, but I knew at the age of about 11 years old, uh, I, w- I was a, a sinner, and a, I knew I needed a Savior uh, to come and save my soul from, from hell and from uh, uh, the pit of hell and from that uh, uh, sin that has been uh, overcome with, that everyone has. Amen. And um, at that 11-year-old age, I was convicted in my heart on an Easter Sunday, and I don't remember the date, but I do remember the time and the place where I was at when I, I came to Moore Baptist Church and I came there, and uh, my dad was preaching a message, and on, of course, the resurrection of Jesus. And after the, the service was over, I was very convicted, and I knew I needed saved. I never remember a time before that where I had knelt and uh, asked Jesus to come to my heart. So uh, right after the service, I walked up the stairs to my dad's office, and I walked in there and told him, hey, I need to be saved, you know. And uh, he, very plain and simple, clear-cut scripture, my dad said, well, let me take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven. Amen. And right then and there, I bowed my head and accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. And uh, the Lord has uh, uh, blessed me tremendously, you know, even from that age, you know, giving me a home in heaven. I'm so eternally grateful for that. Um, and then a year after that, about 12-year-old boy, um, I was here at the same church, uh, More Baptist Church, when uh, Dr. Bob Smith uh, came into town and preaching our revival or missions conference, I believe it was. I was sitting on the back pew there, and he had preached a, a good message. I don't remember the message, what it was about, but I remember just being full of uh, uh, conviction in my heart and, and full of, uh, you know, even just, just my palms are sweating. You know, the Lord was really working on my heart, and he was telling me, you know, Monday night when it was going through, he said, you know, you need to surrender your life to preach. You know, you need to surrender, surrender your life to uh, be a pastor. And uh, that night I... Uh, I did not do that, uh, regretfully, but Tuesday night I didn't do it either. But Wednesday night came, the last night, and, you know, I just I could not bear that burden of not going through that night and just surrendering my life to God um, with the way that I was feeling and not being able to sleep at night and all the things that were going on. The Lord was really working on me. So I went that night, and I looked at my dad, and I said, the Lord's calling me to preach, you know, to be a pastor, and that's what I want to be, and, and that's what I want to do. I just want to follow him. And that night, I surrendered my life to be a preacher and be a pastor. And then um, I uh, went to Bible college after that, and, you know, got married. And now I'm here back at uh, Moore Baptist Church ser- serving the Lord, you know, just wanting to do whatever he wants me to do, just trying to be a help and a blessing to the people here. Amen. Well, my name is Sven Larson. I'm the pastor at Moore Baptist Church in Moore. And it's... Um, it's a privilege to have this podcast and to just talk to you about uh, different times when we have trusted Christ as our own Savior, and in hopes that maybe there's somebody out there that is thinking about that, or yeah. maybe you've never thought about it, but you know, we all have different times and different uh, experiences when we got saved, but I grew up in a ski town in uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And a lot of snow there. Six months of winter, over 300 inches of snow every winter. And uh, we had a pastor come when I was young. And he scheduled a revival meeting with an evangelist named C.T.L. Spear. And I was um, went, went that night, just a 13-year-old boy. I went with my folks. My parents were Christians. They were faithful church members. And um, I remember on the third night, I was under a lot of conviction and really bothered um, about it. I couldn't concentrate on anything else. I just had a single focus on this convicted heart that knew I needed to be saved. And that came from the the preaching of the revival that week. And um, I didn't get saved that night, but the, the fourth night came. And I knew I was going to get saved. And I was under such conviction that day that I was mowing a lawn, and I really honestly grabbed tight onto that 
lawnmower because I thought that lawnmower was going to get out of control, turn around, chop me up, and I was going to go to hell. And I really felt that way. And I was glad when that day of work was over because I was glad to park that lawnmower. I thought, I thought, okay, I'm good now. Well, we went to church that night. And again, the preacher preached the word. And um, that night again, the conviction was there and I couldn't stand it any longer. And I went down, told the pastor I need to get saved. And um, the pastor's wife prayed with me there. And I trusted Christ as my Savior, 13-year-old boy. Um, the greatest day of my life. Nothing else compared to that day. And maybe you're out there, too, contemplating salvation. Can I tell you, it's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. Amen. And Amen. Um, don't hesitate. Don't wait even another day. If you sense that heaven is not your home, just open up your heart right where you are. And... Put your faith and trust in Christ. He'll hear you. He'll save you from your sins. Amen. He'll give you a home in heaven. Thank you for letting me share my testimony tonight. Hi, uh, my name is Jeremy, and uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and I was uh, privileged to also grow up in a Christian home, and uh, praise the Lord for that, being able to go to church uh, every Sunday and Wednesday and be participating in, in all the different uh, events at church and uh, I, I credit my parents for keeping me grounded uh, in that as I was growing up. Uh, when I was six years old, I went to a, a junior camp and trusted Christ as my Savior, walked the aisle and uh, during the invitation time and uh, was led to Christ and uh, got home and got baptized. Um, Continued to grow up in church, and uh, God always gave us a church. My dad was active duty in the Air Force and wherever we were in the in the world. Um, God always uh, supplied a church for us to be a part of, and and so that was a blessing. Uh, I joined the Texas Air National Guard at the age of 18 and served 21 years uh, there. And um, during that time, God called me to preach, and we found the Independent Fundamental Baptist uh, churches that uh, believe the King James Bible and the right kind of music and just preaching that I, I hadn't heard since I was a kid. And uh, so we were on fire when we uh, got it back into church and and uh, God called me to preach. We, we finished four years of Bible college at Trinity Baptist in Arlington. And uh, since then, we've been able to serve in many ways in church ministries and uh, we've worked to help mi missionaries through our ministry home teams for almost 13 years now. And so that's been a privilege and a joy. I've uh, been married for 21 years now to my amazing wife, Melissa. And uh, we have four four children, uh, two in Bible college right now and two that are 9 and 11 and uh, still working through their homeschool uh, right. curriculum. Uh, God's been so good to us here in Oklahoma and given us a, a home with 10 acres and big gardens, some chickens, some meat rabbits, and uh, we're just uh, loving life here and, and loving serving the Lord, and God's been uh, so faithful to us. Well, when you think about um, a topic to kind of discuss, there's many topics that, that can be discussed uh, throughout this process, but one thing that came to mind, and it was super fast, uh, was, was faithfulness and being faithful uh, you look throughout all the Bible and you see how faithful God was to many people in the Bible. And you can just pick out, maybe in your own life, um, maybe just one scenario of how God was faithful in a certain area. And that's kind of what we're going to discuss tonight on is uh, being faithful, uh, faithfulness of a Christian. Um, maybe you're walking through a trial tonight and your faith is weak. Uh, hopefully tonight, maybe we can, um, encourage you and help you along the way to strengthen your faith. Amen. Um, that, that, that's our main goal here is just want to help you and encourage you. I can tell you God's been faithful in my life, um, Amen. through, through many, many deployments away from my family and my wife. And, uh, uh, God's always been there to care for my family, um, Certainly our faithfulness in church and having that church family has been a rock for us as well. Mm. Uh, but me being in the military uh, as a Christian is not an easy thing to do. 
and uh, you're you're away from uh, from that support system, if you will, that that is the local church. And but God is faithful. Uh, he's always been faithful to me, and and I've I've learned more about His faithfulness. Uh, being uh, away from everything and just having to trust only in him and in his word. And uh, certainly God's uh, used that in my life. I wrote down a few words tonight that, that uh, I just thought that uh, there are different uh, points in faithfulness. And uh, I, I think we um, can learn a lot from this. I know I have because I've I've been good in some of these areas and I've I've fallen short in others and and it's cost me. And um so so tonight I just wanted to mention that uh we we are to be faithful. God's been so faithful and so good to us. We right. we ought to be faithful yeah. to him. We ought we ought to be faithful uh to the things he's uh, asked us to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh I think when I I got involved in the Independent Fundamental Baptist churches and and heard good preaching, God was working on my heart that I became very quickly, uh, and and some of my military background and even my upbringing uh, brought about this sense of duty, and uh, I was very faithful uh, in duty and took that very uh, seriously, and uh, and and it's kind of what I think about uh, duty is just that that being consistent in our in our presence in our service. And uh, just being that 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 person that uh, someone else can be confident in, being consistent, yeah. and uh, certainly those are those are good things, uh, but they're all outward things. And um, I think where I fell short was was being faithful in my discipline. And um, and to me, uh, being faithful in discipline is more of a kind of an internal thing. Uh, I, I, it's easy to 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 look like you're faithful. Uh, but to be faithful, um, you know, it's that personal life that, that is away from the public eye. It's the inner, inner character, um, and, and obeying, uh, let's, you know, call it the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. Um, you know, and so I kind of fell short in that. I think one of the reasons I fell short in that is because this faithfulness and duty, uh, brought about. A, an approval from men and and I appreciate I think we all appreciate approval of, of other men uh, in our life and uh, but that that maybe took away my my focus from uh, being actually faithful uh, on the inside and faithful to God and and being more concerned about uh, what what God thinks about me rather than uh, the the show that I give uh, everyone else and, and the approval that I, that I get from someone. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was the day when I finally realized that, you know what, it's, it's God who's going to say, well done now, good mm-hmm. and faithful servant. It, it's, it's what he's going to think about my life right. uh, that is really going to matter uh, someday. And so, you know, and, and, and then I started thinking about, wow, you know, I want to be in ministry. And, and it's God that counts us faithful and puts us into the ministry. And, uh, and so mm-hmm. it is so important that, that I think, uh, that I've learned now, not, not great at it, but I, I've definitely learned the importance of being faithful, uh, in the discipline, uh, being faithful to God, uh, on the inside and making sure that I'm, I'm making decisions that I'm doing things, uh, not for men's applause, not for appearance sake, but to please my heavenly father. And and that's what Jesus gave us the examples of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did all always those things, uh, which pleased the Father. And then you know uh, there there's been some really really faithful folks down through the ages, who have been faithful all the way to death. And I think that's not because they were faithful in duty, but it was because they were really faithful on the inside. Uh, to to be able to be faithful all the way to death including the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You really got to be faithful on the inside. And that's, that's a true faithfulness. And, um, and, and we only get there because of his faithfulness to us. I, I almost look at it like, you know, God's love yeah. in that, in that we love him because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're able to be faithful 
truly faithful in God's eyes because he's been so good and faithful to us. That's right. And uh, so anyway, just a few little points there about, about what I've been, uh, what's been on my heart about faithfulness and just to try to kick it off tonight. Well, you're right, uh, Brother Bingham. You know, we need we need examples of faithfulness yes. to encourage us, to stir us to faithfulness ourselves. And, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us that he was that example, leaving us, he left us an example that we should follow in his steps. And, I, you know, I got to thinking about faithfulness and the faithfulness of Christ. And, you know, we all have a, a definition of what we think faithfulness really is. Uh, but I heard I heard a quote, um, read, actually read it, read a quote that said this, is faithfulness is learning to live by principle rather than feeling. Amen. And I got sure. to think about that. I got to thinking about, you know, we're creatures of feeling. How we feel about something pretty much determines what we think or what we mm. believe. But you know, the only problem with that is you wake up tomorrow morning, your feelings change. Right. Yeah. And, you know, to trust those feelings is the opposite of of real faithfulness mm. and yeah. so you know we have to learn to overcome feelings and put feelings um, under subjection to living by truths and principles because you know that's what the lord jesus did he did not want to endure the cross right he said if it be possible let this cup pass from me but he defied his own human feelings, went all the way to the cross, and redeemed us through the work of Calvary. And he lived by truth. He lived by his father's will. Uh, he faced a lot of hatred even by it at that time. Um, but, but he lived by what was right rather than how he felt. I think we can, we can learn a lot by just learning to subject feeling to faithfulness and not living by feeling, but allowing faith to be stronger uh, than how we feel, knowing that we're human and our feelings are going to change, but God doesn't change. So um, we put our faith in him by principle, by living by the word and that's what gives us a faithful, uh, a faithful life. Is not heeding those feelings, but living by faith in God. Amen. I think that quote helped me. Amen. Yeah, that's so true. Um, as Brother Bingham said, you know, we need influences in our lives to look up to and be faithful in that. And um, you know, we can't live by feeling either. Is what uh, Pastor Larson said. We can't live by. by Oh, I want to do this thing one day, but do another thing the other day. You know, that's not faithfulness. You know, faithfulness is uh, measured, you know, not by years, but by decades. You know, by a long time of doing the same right thing for a long time. And um, when I was going through this topic on faithfulness, and uh, the first thing that popped in my mind, the first thing that uh, God had given me as I was thinking about it was, a man, uh, as Brother Bingham said, you know, we, or as he was talking about, you know, we need people to look up to uh, for being faithful is that there's someone in the Bible that reminds me of just being a faithful man. That's, that's Noah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about Noah's life and how he lived in a, uh, a wicked time uh, where there were people around him who were doing wicked things and, and they were doing wrong. And, and, and it was just Noah and his family who were, the people there who were listening to God and, you know, who were faithful to God. And in Hebrews chapter uh, 11 and uh, verse 7, you know, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the, the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And uh, it says there in the first couple of lines, being warned of God of those things not not as yet, not seen as yet. Mm-hmm. So God's telling Noah, he's saying, you know, 
there's a flood coming, Noah. But Noah has never seen a flood. Noah has never seen these things. Noah has never mm-hmm. encountered these things before. So why would Noah trust in God who's telling him something that's so absurd, so ridiculous? And as I look at Noah's life and how the the people mocked Noah for building that ark and it took him year after year after year after year, I mean, a long, long, long time. And I just compare myself, I, I know it's not good to compare, but I compare myself to Noah and say, you know, if I was in his spot, I probably would have quit after about the fifth year of building some piece of wood that I probably don't even know that's going to happen, you know, in the next, who knows how long, right. you know, and it just lives day by day. But as I look at Noah's life, you know, he can't see what is actually going to happen. All he can do is have the faith to trust in God. Right. And what happened in the end story, as many, uh, maybe some of you listeners knows, maybe some of you don't, is, you know, the flood did come and Noah and his family were saved because of his faithfulness toward right. God. It wasn't, uh, uh, you know, even the world was mocking Noah and saying, you know, how weird he is to build an ark and, and saying how absurd it is to believe in something that's um, so absurdity, you know, building a, a piece of wood for some flood that's coming, you know, mm-hmm. that's never even happened before. Or, uh, you know, that's just weird. And uh, as I look at that today, that's kind of like uh, how us as Christians are today with the world around us. You know, they look at us as we go to church. They look at us as we uh, read our Bibles. And we, we live by uh, the Bible. And and uh, I'm, I'm not trying to put down other people. I'm not trying to put down y'all as listeners. Um but as the world looks at us, they look at that as absurdity. They look at that as yep. weird, as mm-hmm. obnoxious to them and, and, and crazy to believe in something that's not there. But, you know, uh, as I look at Noah and I compare him to my life, is that I believe that in the end times, you know, if I live faithfulness for God, God will take care of me. Yeah. Amen. See, right. That's what I believe. And that's what I get from the book. Uh, in the in the history of, in, the, in the book when it talks about Noah and uh, his faithfulness toward God, you know when I compare him to my life is I want to be like Noah who, even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, mm-hmm. I know that there's a God who holds tomorrow. Yeah, right. And that's what I want to rely my faith on is being like Noah. Even though people may mock me and and curse me and and do a lot of things to me, you know I'm just going to keep doing what I know is right. And in the end, even though it may take a long, long, long time, but that's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. In the end, that's what I want for my life. So that's yeah. what I have on faithfulness tonight. Yeah. So uh, uh, let's bring a few numbers in. Uh, God, Brother Jeremy mentioned about the heart. Yes. One day God's going to, he's going to approach us and uh, he's going to tell us something. And we would hopefully hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And when he does that, it's going to be because he's judged our heart. Right. And because of what our heart is, our actions will be outward. Well, I can't do that for any of the men here tonight. I can't judge your heart. But us humans are good about putting numbers together. So I have oh, a yeah. few numbers. <clears throat> In 1945, 76% of people proclaimed to have a church that they were affiliated with. Mm-hmm. Wow. 1945, 76% of America. And in 2022, now 46% of Americans have a church that they mm-hmm. are associated with. Now, that's in many different capacities. It could be that yeah. they've gone once or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, as a country, have become less faithful to God. Also getting into Bible reading, um, a, a, a survey was given of, of people and how much of the Bible they have read. And so going through this, uh, it says 9%, uh, 30% uh, have read several passages or stories. 15% have at least read half of the Bible. 12% read almost all of it. 11% have read all of the Bible, and 9% uh, have read all of the Bible more than once. Mm-hmm. And then 10% have read none of it. We're talking about Christians, a poll amongst Christians. And let's look at another uh, survey. I'll just give you the top 
uh, five of this one, but how often do you read your Bible? Um, uh, no, why, why, what is your relationship with the Bible? Why do you read it? And, uh, 9% said, uh, they don't see how it relates to me. So they don't have any, any need to read the Bible. Uh, 10% say, I don't agree with what it says. 13% say, I have read enough of it. 15% say, I don't have time. And 27% say, I don't prioritize it. Wow. And so uh, these are just some numbers to kind of show the general faithfulness of the average American. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the top of that list is we just don't make time for God. Yeah, right. It's shocking to see those statistics, how those numbers have changed, not for the good, but for the bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you look and you see what's the reason for that. What is the result? Why did that happen? And, you know, I think we could point to a lot of things. Um, society has changed and people are more interested in society. Um, Internet has come along, which steals people's time. Um, of course, those things have a benefit. But the devil also uses them to, you know, undermine faithfulness. Right. And... Um, you know, rock music entered in at that time. Um, yep. It really became popular, so to speak, um, with the Beatles and Elvis in the 50s and 60s. And a lot of those things undermined and pulled up our faithfulness to God. And I got to think about one thing. Here's a thought. What do we respect about unfaithfulness? Mm hmm what do we respect about unfaithfulness? Nothing. Right. right. right? There's yeah, exactly. nothing about unfaithfulness that we respect. In fact, when we think of unfaithfulness, like in any form, um, mm -hmm. in a marriage, uh, right. in a in a um, relationship, in a friendship, in a in a in a church, or somebody who gives up on their faith to God, what do we respect about that? Nothing. In fact, it really turns our heart um, to a sad place when we think of unfaithfulness in our lives. So um, it behooves us to not be that person. Right. You know, mm -hmm. we don't want to be that person who's labeled unfaithful. We just want to find what faithfulness is and attach ourselves to it. And, um, give our hearts to God so we don't ever have to face the um, the anguish, so to speak, the hurt of unfaithfulness. So, uh, I think uh, something that's changed too, and you, you mentioned about it, is godly men. Yeah. Uh, I, in yeah. witnessing to people, uh, I, I'll ask a lot of people, like, hey, can I pray for something for you? And a lot of people are shocked that mm -hmm. somebody's going to pray with them. They've never had yeah. that happen. Right. Yeah. And the I was listening to somebody, and he was saying that we you just need to find a good godly man to look up to that will help you mm -hmm. and lead you, instruct you, and correct you in the ways of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we need that as a society. The yeah. world's trying to degrade the position of the man. We're not talking about right. barbarians. We're talking about just godly men that will help and, and lead the people around them. Um, and not even just pastors, which we need more pastors too, but just, just the godly man. Where's yeah. where's the godly man that will will, will yeah. be there for somebody in a time of need? Right. Yeah. And, you know, going along with what uh, Pastor Larson said was, uh, you know, even the world today looks at faithfulness as something good. You know, right. you don't have to be christian or you don't have to go to church you don't have to you know read the bible in order to understand that faithfulness is a good thing mm -hmm. you know you don't have to be a scientist you don't have to be you know a mathematician to understand that you know that as the world looks at uh marriages like he mentioned right you know they if some hollywood actor were to uh, cheat on his wife or do something wrong and be unfaithful to his wife 
And that's in the news. That's blown up everywhere, mm-hmm. and that's portrayed as something bad. Right. Yeah. Even the world does that. You know, we we as Christians are not the only ones who does does that. that. Even the world does that. They look at faithfulness as a good thing, and you know they may the world may mock or ridicule preachers. They may they may say, "Oh, you you're serving something that's not real." You know, you're you're having your faithfulness in something that's not real. You know, is is what they they base that on, but, but it's something good in their mind. And they know that they know that right. they just, they want the devil has, I guess you could say the end result is just the devil has blinded their minds mm-hmm. toward believing that I want to do my way. Mm-hmm. I don't want God's way because God's way is faithfulness. Man. You know, if you're, if you are just doing it your way, you're not being faithful. You could say I'm being faithful to myself. Well, you can be faithful to someone else. Be faithful to your wife. Be faithful to your kids. Be faithful to uh, going to church, reading your Bible. You know, you can you can do all these things. And the world portrays all those things as good things. You know, I I, I work with uh, coworkers who look at my life as an assistant pastor, and they they think that's a good thing. You know, they right. they they tell me all the time. You know, never don't ever drink. Mm-hmm. You know, because they've been down that road and they know that. You know, they say, don't, don't ever take that first uh, cigarette or I'm going to come and beat you up. You know, they'll tell me that, you know, <laughs> so the world knows what's good. They know what's right. Mm-hmm. It's just putting it into faith and acting on that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's, that's such a simple truth nowadays. That... And there are so many things in the world today that are, that are fighting against faithfulness. You know, right. Pastor, you mentioned feelings a while ago mm-hmm. and so many so many of our feelings can get in the way of just being faithful or, yeah. you know, that yeah. fidelity you were talking about with, mm-hmm. with marriages and, and some of its circumstances. Yeah. Uh, I, I was asked one time when I first joined, got back into church, you know, that what is it that would keep you out of church on Sunday morning? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, okay. So what, really what, what's more important? What is, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we were serving in the bus ministry and just doing all kinds of ministry, and that's one way to stay faithful, right? It's just to be engaged and yeah, and and. But uh, one morning we we woke up on a Sunday morning, and our uh, electrical pole right on the outside of our house is on fire, <laughs> and uh, of course we lost all electricity in the house, and and had to go out there and get the hose and spray that down and disconnect everything, and but. Uh, at the end of the day, kids need to be picked up on the bus that morning. That's right. And yeah. so, you know, it was it was get everything shut down and safe, and go to church, and uh, you know, get get done what what we were supposed to be faithful doing, rather than you know what what excuse you know. Sometimes in the world today, any excuse will do. You know, it's yeah. amazing the excuses yeah. that you can hear. Yeah. Uh, and that's. You know, God was so good to us during that. He was faithful back to us because we were faithful to him. Yeah. And, you know, there was an electrician in our church, and he came out and got everything fixed for us and, and got us back going. And and so, you know, feelings is one thing. I think circumstances, you know, there's so many things that just – and what, what is going to be enough? What What circumstance can the devil use that will be enough – to make you unfaithful if yeah. just for that moment yeah. because that moment can start yeah. a pattern in your life That's right. that it's going to be really hard to get over. And so that's, that's one thing I learned early on in my, yeah. my Christian growth. And God, through your faithfulness, God took care of you. Absolutely. You know, so your house, He's always faithful yeah. to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your house didn't burn down. Right. Didn't, you know, spread. It's amazing how that works when, and he tests our faithfulness. I think that was a test that morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know, so we learned something. God learned something about us. And um, I think Good. we're as long as we're faithful to Him. Yeah. It, the relationship never breaks down because of His unfaithfulness, mm-hmm. His infidelity. Mm-hmm. No, He's mm-hmm. He's always got the best for us. Right. And uh, our our job yeah. to remain faithful to Him no matter what. You know. Uh, Two, another thing that Scripture brings out a lot is hardships. Mm -hmm. When people go through hardships, um, 
what does that do to a person's faith? What does it do to their faithfulness? Um, But, you know, what's interesting about that is that in the Bible you see example after example of how the faithfulness did not cause that person to crumble or fall apart. But the the hardship, I, I mean, the hardship did not cause them to crumble. But the hardship became the catalyst that propelled them to faithfulness. Um, For example, um, Daniel, he was taken to Babylon, pulled away from home and family. He was, you know, brought up by the Babylonians when he was just a, a teenager. But when he got there, the hardship didn't, the hardship made him a better Christian. The, the struggle made him better. Yep. And I think a lot of people opt into depression when they go through a hardship. But there's really it's a choice, isn't it? Yeah. Faithfulness is a choice. You can choose it or you can you can melt down in your hardships or you can allow God to use that to make you a more faithful Christian. Yeah. Um Apostle Paul he spent, the Bible tells us, day and night in the deep. He was beaten three times, I think is I think is what scripture says. He was beaten, shipwrecked. Yeah. Um he was stoned time and time again. Well the hardships didn't make him melt down. The hardships didn't yeah. make him crumble. He just shook the dust off his feet and he went the next town and began to be a gospel witness there. So I think that encourages me to know that hardships do not have to make us melt. But the hardships yeah. can Amen. make us stronger and better and allow us to um, be that, be more faithful to God. And so Paul got to the place where he welcomed hardships and welcomed afflictions even, mm. uh, knowing that God used them in his life. Yeah. You know, one thing you hear all the time is, uh, God will never give you more than you can handle, mm. uh, which he, you know, true. I, I believe that he, he does just to test your faith, yeah. mm-hmm. to see how faithful sure. you can be in right. the hard times and in the hardships. Right. You, yeah. you, you, you hear it all the time. Well, God will never give you more than you can handle. And we have a blessed society today. And oftentimes we think of hardship, hardship is really just inconvenience in our life. Mm. It's really not a hardship. We we just think we're going through hard times. But real hardship is really what God uses to make us stronger and better. Amen. Real hardship. I'd like to take a few minutes and share another part of my testimony. I can have that sometime. Yeah. So yeah. I got saved when I was 12. And looking back on my life, I know I got saved then. Going to a church of about 150 people, we supported at that time close to 300 missionaries. We ended up getting over wow. 300 missionaries that we supported. Mm-hmm. A very missions-minded church. That's awesome. And I started looking around like, what's all these missionary stuff? I was a Catholic. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and so we had missionaries come by and present their work. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, so that's what a missionary is. It wasn't long after that the Lord started working on my heart, saying, I want you to do something for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not me. I, I, in my mind's eye, wanted to start a car company like Chevy or Ford. Oh. I was going to be better than Ford, almost <laughs> as good as Chevy. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I lived a double mind. Uh, eventually, the Lord, I finally surrendered in my mind to God, but I still live that double mind. I, um, I, I, in my mind, was going to be a missionary or full-time service. And uh, in my word, I was going to start a business. And uh, it went on for years like that. And mm. I remember I was probably 16 or 17 years old. And I finally said, all right, all right, I need to I need to actually talk to my pastor about this. So it was on a Tuesday. I went to my pastor's office and uh, knocked on the door. Secretary was there. Uh, hey, I, I was going to I don't want to talk to pastor. She said, oh, he's not here. Tuesday is his day off. And uh, I, I really didn't know that, but, you know, he, it wasn't, it was just his normal day off. He wasn't trying to miss me or anything. And, and the devil really got a, got a victory in my life then, that day. And I, I actually started going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And uh, I went 
got saved when I was 12, got into the youth group, and I, I was a drag on on the church kids there. And so we all, as, as friends, started doing some bad stuff. I don't like telling my testimony. Um, it can be a benefit to people sometimes, but uh, those years were sin. Mm. I I put Jesus Christ on the cross because of the sins I committed, yeah. and I regret that. And there are some in here tonight that can give you the testimony that they've never drunk, they've never done drugs. That's the testimony you want. I can't give that testimony. Mm. And it's just, I just kept on going deeper and deeper. And what, I was a fake Christian. Mm. Wow. And though I was faithful at the same time, in the eye of the man. Right. Yeah. Because I still went to church. Yeah. And I partied on, I would sometimes drive home after sunrise put on my church clothes and then go to church after a night of partying. And I, I, it was, it was a rough thing. You know, the, the Lord, even in that time was faithful to me Yes. and I could have gotten a whole lot more trouble than I did, but the Lord protected me. Some of the times when I would have been willing to do that, I didn't. Uh, and some of the times, uh, uh, some of the times when I would have done it, the opportunity wasn't there, but sometimes the opportunity was there, and I was maybe just a little bit more spiritual that day, as if you would call me spiritual. But there was one thing I did every night when I laid my head on my pillow. I knew I wasn't living for God, even though I had appearance of it. And I laid my head on my pillow, and I say, Lord, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know I've done wrong. Please help me to get right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even got into college yeah, and... I remember we were having a missions conference one night, uh, and I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, "All right, Lord, all right, this is it." I went, I I went into front of the church and I I surrendered my life to to God. Amen. And I was like, "All right," still a hot headed teenager. <laughs> uh, I was like, "I'm just gonna go to the mission field. I'm just gonna go." I went to talk to my pastor. He said, "No, no, you need to go to college." And so I said, all right, I'll give you a semester. I'll go for a semester. <laughs> and uh, they sent me a, a form, questionnaire form. You had to answer some questions right to get into the college. One of those questions was, have you done drugs in the last 60 or 90 days? And I had to lie on that question. <laughs> but when I went to college and just a few months later, I I had to turn away from all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. just really a stark reality of now I'm a faithful Christian. And it was just like almost night and day. I dropped all that stuff and literally started living the faithful life that I should have been living that whole time. And you can thank God for the conviction that you felt. Right. Because it's the conviction that drew you closer to Christ, establishing that faithfulness in your life. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, many times when God bothers us, which is really convicting, conviction, God speaking to us about, hey, this is not right in your life, then we often want to shut that voice off because we don't mm-hmm. like the feeling of being bothered or convicted. So we want to run from that voice. We want to run away from it. But but thank God, though, for that voice because that voice is what's drawing us closer to God and God's trying to pull that unfaithfulness out of us and make us. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't discard us. He wants to remake us, and wants to bring us to a place of faithfulness. But often we have to feel the pain of sin mm. to know that it's it, it hurts, right? And we don't want to live that, and that mm. propels us to living a faithful life. Well, if I could share just a few verses real quick. A lot of times when there's new Christians, one of the books that is recommended is John, the Gospel of John. And there's some good things that will ground a Christian. John chapter 12, verse 46. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And really what faithfulness is, is just abiding in Christ. Well, Mm -hmm. God wants to abide with us. He's made that decision. John fifteen four. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide 
and the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. A fruitful Christian is going to be a faithful Christian, Amen. one that abides in God. One more verse. Mm -hmm. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Mm -hmm. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And a lot of times we think of commandments. We think of God saying no. But in this verse, it's talking about by following God's commandments, we'll see God's love. Right. Good. Yeah. Amen. Isn't, yeah. isn't it amazing that, you know, as we sit here today, coming from different backgrounds, you know, one was a Catholic, one was uh, in the Air Force. You know, we were uh, grown up as a, in a Christian home. You know, just several different backgrounds, you know, that God is is faithful to keep his promise. And he's faithful mm -hmm. that, you know, whoever you are from any background, any type, any religion, any any sin you've done, you know, any whatever you are, that Jesus Christ can forgive you. Yeah. You know, he can, he, can, he can mend you. He can make you whole. And I, I think Brother uh, Brandon is a testimony to that, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. just saying what he just said. You know, is that there are some people out there who may have, who who have done the same things that Brandon has done. Maybe you're listening on this, and you think, well, you know, I'll never be, I'll never be that guy that's faithful to God, or I'll never be that person who loves God. Why don't you just try it out, maybe sometime? You know, like Brother Brandon did. I mean, right? Look at Brother Brandon nowadays. I mean, he's living for God. He's blessed life. He's got a wife and kids and Amen. a car and a great job and you know, God has just blessed him tremendously. Amen. He Amen. Took, he's taken that first step to, uh, you know, he's got to get away from those bad things. And it may take some time, it may take that, but God is faithful and just to forgive us yeah. of our sins. Mm -hmm. We just got to confess them and forsake them to God. I remember that uh, young man that came through here during, I think it was maybe VBS or something, and and he was on his bike, and he came through, and Brother Whittington yeah. pulled him aside, and we were sitting there, and Brother Whittington was witnessing to him. And, and you know, you just, um, the heart goes out to the guy because, you know, he's struggling with life, and he's struggling with his family, and going to lose his kids, and he needs this. And, he need, and, you know, it was so difficult to get him to say, you know, just to, just to trust God. Put your faith in, in him. Yeah. And he'll be faithful to you. He'll help you with all these things. That's right. And uh, so many people want to be uh, a faithful parent or a faithful this or faithful that. But no, we've got to be faithful to God first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Noah wasn't a faithful parent and didn't have a, the only faithful family on the entire planet yeah. without being faithful to God first. That's right. And, and uh, you know what? That encourages me because right, it's yeah. hard to be a faithful parent in this world, but he was the only <laughs> right. one on the planet, Yeah, and he was faithful at it. Yeah, uh, uh, But it was because of his faithfulness to God. And same with uh, David. Yep. Uh, you know, before he slew the giant, he walked with God. Right. You know, he had, he had that time where he was faithful to God. You know, he killed a bear, he killed a lion, and then he slew the giant, you know. And it, it, you can compare that to your life nowadays. You know, you may have a giant of sin. You may have a, a, a problem with something that you just don't think you can get over, you know, or something that's gone bad in your life, you know, and you blame God for all of it, you know. But, you know, if you just try God out and just try to be faithful, you know, uh, I, I promise you his blessings are will far outweigh the bad in your life. Yeah. Right. If I were to take Amen. a list today and write down the blessings and, and the goodness of God, and then on the other side, write down all my bad problems, I would probably have so much paper to write about the blessings, and I'd probably go through a whole notebook before I even wrote down one paper of all the heartaches and problems that I've been, God's just been so good, he's been so faithful to me, how can I be unfaithful to him? Amen. Yeah. One thing I love to um, often see is God making, taking a mess mm -hmm. and making a miracle. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think we can all testify to that tonight that yep. we yes. were we were a mess when uh we we came to God. And we're not perfect and we won't be perfect until we get to heaven. That's right. But slowly um as we go through this journey <laughs> of life, uh we are to be more like Christ. And that's our main goal is to be Christ-minded. A Christian is to be Christ-like. 
and yeah. um, that that should be our, our main focus. And if you're out there listening tonight and you say, I want to, my life is too far gone, or I've made too many messes. Yeah, There's no. no way God can take my life and make it anything. Well, God can do anything. Yes, he can. God is. There's always somebody who's lived a worse life. Yes. Than than you. Right. And God forgave them and allowed them to restart their life. Yeah. In his grace and his goodness. Amen. So there's, we're never without hope. It's the devil, the devil that sends us that message, Mm. but it's certainly not God. Yeah. It was like uh, Paul in the Bible, a murderer. You know, murdered Christians. You know, almost one of the worst crimes in humanity, you know, nowadays is, you know, killing someone else. Mm. And he did that to Christians, and God met with him and gave him a a chance, you know, to serve him. And now we have parts of the Bible because of what Paul, you know, have his faithfulness turned to be faithful to God. And it's just so amazing how God can take something that's broken and mend it and make it new. It's so amazing how, you know, uh, us as little human dirt balls walk around here on earth that God cares about me yeah. and my situation and my problem. Even though I turn my back on him, even though I sin, even though I do wrong every single day, I, you know, we're not perfect people, God still loves us. And that's what's incredible to me is is God's faithfulness to me Amen. is so incredible. And it, these men in this room can testify to that for themselves and many others is that, you know, God's just been faithful to us mm-hmm. and all he right. asks is just to be faithful back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a simple command, but we get so distracted with, you know, me, myself, my, right. myself, you know, included with things of this life and the world and peer pressure and all this stuff going on, you know, but, but it's amazing how God can take someone who's broken. You know, you may say, I'm not like, uh, for the Brett said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, do that i'm uh, there's no way god can forgive me of my sin well just like god forgave paul and him killing other people mm-hmm. god can forgive you and your sin of lying and cheating or yeah. stealing yeah and that's just incredible to me yeah. to say that yeah. real quick before we go uh, we're limited on time if you're out there listening tonight and you say how can i um be faithful um in my workplace to my co-workers what is yeah. one thing that you can leave the uh, listeners tonight on being faithful, being being able to stand up and and show others that you're a Christian? Um, most times nowadays, it's I mean it, it can be hard for people to um, be able to share Christ with others um, just by peer pressure or judgmental. Uh, what what's one thing that you can share with the audience tonight? Uh, hey, continue to be faithful. Hey, step out on a limb, share Christ with others. One thing I've heard Christians do is that some will take a Bible to work and leave it on their desk. Mm. And it draws in people, and they, they ask about it, and they begin to open up spiritual conversations simply because they see it. Or, you know, if you leave a track in the break room, yeah. Yeah. people will see it and notice, and they'll, they'll connect it with the, who the person was that left it. Mm. And it opens up opportunities to talk to them. And uh, invite them to church, invite them to hear the gospel, invite them over to your house and give them the gospel. Yeah. I, um, uh, in several workplaces, I had, I did not say anything about being a Christian, but it seemed like eventually they started saying, oh, sorry, right. I, I let some bad words slip. I'm sorry right. I did that right. in front of you. Right. And it was, wasn't me trying to flaunt my Christianity. Sure. Just me living a life as a Christian was a witness to them. Didn't yeah. bring them to Christ, yeah. but it showed them there's a difference. Even uh, yeah. so, where I I at one point worked with a very very evil man, and he ended up uh, as a joke calling me preacher as a nickname. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people would approach me and say, "Are you a preacher?" Right. And just by a simple testimony, not going and doing all the sins that other people in work were doing. Yeah gave me a testimony, even in a joke, that I had an open opportunity to witness to a lot of people at work. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, a, a big priority in a workplace is just holding their, holding your standards strong and, and yes. showing and, and being a witness when you have an opportunity for yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. I'm good going along with what he said. I think that, you know, 
us as Christians, as we go into the workplace and the world, one of the main things is that we lack, and it's kind of going wrong with what Brother Brandon said, is 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 being bold, you mm-hmm. know, of the Bible and Christianity and our faith. You know, there's probably a lot of Christians who go to work today, tomorrow, the next day, and they don't tell people they're Christian. They don't tell people that they're saved, or you know, they don't tell people about. You know, they go to church and they do all these things and they hide that and they're kind of ashamed of that. Mm. You know, that's nothing to be ashamed about. You know, I think that you should tell your coworkers, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I don't cuss, you know, I don't smoke. Not that you're better than anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to think that at all. But just that, you know, you have that satisfaction knowing that, you know, your boldness for God. You want to stand up for Jesus who died on the cross for you. You want to do that back for him. Right. And just like this morning was an example, I had a coworker. I walked in, and he's sitting there eating his breakfast. And he looked up at me and he said, "You know, I I need to get my life right." Hmm. Now, why would that coworker come to me and not right. exactly someone yeah. else? It was right. because right. I told them yep. I was bold and told them I'm a Christian. I'm an assistant pastor. I I don't do these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to get his life back on track with God. He said, I, "I'm calling this church that I want to go to, and I want to get baptized." And I kind of led him through the plan of salvation, you know, to get him said, make sure you're saved before you're baptized and, you know, do all this. And, and then, you know, we had to go to work. We had to get. But, you know, it just amazes me how being a bold witness to, at your workplace can allow others to come to you. It's like what Brother Brandon said. You know, they called him preacher. You know, that's like a, a, a bad term to them. But for Brother Brandon, it's kind of like, okay. That's fine with me, you know. Yep, if you yep. want me to preach, I'll preach. <laughs> I, I take it and run with it. People just people ask me, "Well, who are you?" I'm preacher. <laughs> That's right. Run the other way. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the uh, easiest things for anyone struggling uh, with just starting to become a witness at church or at, at work um, is to just start praying before a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it makes a, a silent statement that you're being thankful to God for what he's provided for you. And it's pretty public. Yeah. And uh, I know when I was uh, first trying to become more bold, uh, that that is one thing that I just, you know, was ingrained in me since I was a kid. And, and I wouldn't give that up. And when when I started doing that, then then lo and behold, there's other there's other Christians around me that actually stop eating, and maybe a couple of weeks later, maybe they start praying as well, and it helped others be more uh, bold as well. But that's just one little tiny thing, and then you know, not too long, people are coming and say, "Hey, I've got this problem. Yeah, let me pray about that with you." And and it's just one of those little tiny things that I think is very easy to do and that can just start pointing people in the right and let people know who you are. And it doesn't take, you know, a, a huge leap of faith to do something like that because, well, we are thankful for what God provides for us. It's true. Yeah. And and we do thank him for our meals. And so that's just a, a little thing that, that I think just, can help somebody step into that area of just saying, you know what, I am a Christian. And people know. When you bow your head to pray, they know. Yeah. Well, amen. Well, it's thank you for listening. Um, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, we hope that it's been an encouragement and a blessing to you. Um, we don't ever want to leave it undone to where you're not able um, to have the chance to, um, if you're not saved, to be able to get saved. And it's so easy that it's um, so easy for kids to understand, for children to yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yep. Anybody, anybody who were calling on, uh, to call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. Mm-hmm. And it's a simple il- illustration as if I have a dollar and Titus, if I were to give you a dollar, you have the option to either accept it or reject it. Right. That's right. Yep. I can't force you to take it. Yep. Right. God can't force you to be saved. It's a gift. It was a free gift. He hung upon the cross and gave his, gave his life, shed his blood for you and for me. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior and you're listening tonight, uh, I want to give you the, the chance and the opportunity. You can reach out on our podcast. Uh, there's a phone number you can be able to call. You can text. 
Um, it's just simple as God, I'm a, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Yes. I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to go to heaven mm-hmm. for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for the topic of conversation that we had about faithfulness. Thank you, most of all, God, for your faithfulness, how it's new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. And Lord, that's the light that we want to walk in uh, for our own life and our own faithfulness. So bless, Lord, the hearer out there today. Help them, Lord, to reach out and get in contact, Lord, where they need uh, that help. Help them to be bold about that and let them know there's people out there that love them and care about their soul, care about their life, care about their eternity. So use us, we pray, and make us, Lord, that faithful and wise steward that Scripture talks about. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this was an encouragement to you. Follow and like our podcast to stay tuned for our next episodes.